Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Boston Celtics played with their food and now face elimination. Can they beat the Sixers in the next two games? Also, the Nuggets have the advantage and the Lakers don't need overwhelming firepower to beat the Warriors. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Game five did not go according to the Boston Celtics plan in a 2-2 series. Game five is often the most pivotal in the series, although... Some of these times with the win percentages, I'm going, yeah, winning a game usually helps to win a series. That's just normally how these <laughs> things work. But a 115-103 win for the Philadelphia 76ers has the Celtics on the brink of defeat. John Corrales joins me now from Locked on Celtics from the arena in Boston. And and John, this was a, a meltdown from the Celtics. They're getting booed in Boston, which is yeah. usually a Philadelphia thing. So <laughs> on the list of things went that went wrong for Boston, what's at the top? Uh, I'd say, generally speaking, a lack of focus. More specifically, mm. a lack of defensive focus. Uh, that I think it, 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 it's one of those chicken and egg things because they couldn't hit shots and were the missed shots because they couldn't get the stops and they were going against the set defense uh, was the bad defense because they were hitting, they were missing shots and they were kind of discouraged by that. And I think sure. it just, it's one of those kind of things that kind of feeds each other. But when the Celtics look, they got it, they got it up to 31.6% shooting from three. And that's because <laughs> the, the end of the bench somehow magically came in at the end and, and made it, just for a hot second, interesting. Peyton Pritchard came in and hit a few shots. Prior to that, they were shooting below 30%. That's yeah. The Celtics are a three-point shooting team. If they're not hitting those shots, the rest of the thing starts to fall apart. But at the beginning of the game, they were just giving up a ton of offensive rebounds. They, the Sixers were getting second chances. When you get the second chances, your confidence grows because you're getting more shots, more opportunities to score. So that feeds them. The Celtics are missing shots, and that feeds them. They lost focus, and they lost the game. This is so fascinating because last night I had Wes Goldenberg on from Locked on Heat, and we're talking about how in the playoffs, Julius Randle said after that game, the Heat just wanted it more. This was a game where it felt like Philadelphia just wanted it more. John, it's the playoffs. You're at home. <laughs> How can it be the case that one team just wants it more? That should be impossible, right? It should be. And it, it's one of the questions that I think in some form was asked of everybody. Uh, how can, <laughs> after this, you know, we're sitting there saying, this, this is game five at home. You're supposed to win this game. You're supposed to win this game. Yeah. But it's, it, it is mind-boggling. How do you come out and, and not have the focus to box out, to do the little things? It's focus and effort. Now, everybody insisted that the effort was there. Maybe the focus wasn't because they were missing shots and that, that caused them to lose their focus. Mm. But the bottom line is the effort on the defensive end has to be there. The Celtics finished the regular season 
with the second best defensive rating in the league. But in the playoffs, it's just been mediocre at best. Yeah. Aside for some from some stretches like the fourth quarter of Game Four, where it looked awesome, and and it's those stretches that make you say, "Well, we know you can do it, <laughs> so go do it." And it's just this team. One of the hallmarks of this team, honestly, Peter, is when they feel like they can be casual, they are, and when their backs are up against the wall, they surprise people. This is the lowest point of the Celtics season. It wouldn't it wouldn't blow my mind if the Celtics went into Philly and won by 30 or won some kind of did something to turn things around because that's their team this team's MO. When you think they got it, they screw it up and when you think they're out, they find a way to win. It's maddening, it's confusing. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Celtics on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Nuggets hold all the cards. Before we get to that, we'll get you up to speed on the Stanley Cup playoff action from last night. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need to find the best tasting protein bar ever. And it's not hard to find. I can give you the answers on the test. It's built. You have to try it. If you're like me, you always want a healthier snack choice. And my cabinet happens to be filled with Built Bars, but it's also filled with some not-so-healthy treats. And it takes a lot of willpower for me to say, no, thank you, I will not eat those chips or those pretzels or whatever else is in there, fruit snacks that are supposed to be for my son that I might want to eat myself. But guess what? Built makes it easy because their bars are delicious. Go to Walmart, get yourself a box. Go to Sam's Club, get yourself a mega box of Built, and you can enjoy them right now. No questions asked. Just go get yourself a 13-bar box at Sam's Club today with brownie batter puff or churro puff, and you can thank me later. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Carolina Hurricanes are one win away from eliminating the New Jersey Devils. The Hurricanes got revenge for the blowout loss they suffered in Game 3. Scoring five goals in Game 4 to build a huge advantage the Devils could not overcome. Hurricanes goalie Frederick Anderson played a phenomenal game, saving 21 of 22 New Jersey shots. The series now shifts back to Raleigh, where the end could come for the Devils. The Dallas Stars needed to get a road win to even the series with the Seattle Kraken, and that's exactly what they did on Tuesday. The Dallas Stars have evened their second-round series with the Seattle Kraken after a 6-3 win in Game 4. Hey, everybody, this is Dane Lewis with the Locked On Stars podcast, and an incredible win for the Stars here in Game 4 with their backs against the wall, down 2-1 to one after one of their worst losses of the season. They're able to flip the script in Game 4 and getting production from all over the ice. The captain, Jamie Benn, gets his second of the postseason. Thomas Harley, his first career a Stanley Cup playoff goal and a three-point performance 
from Max Domi, one of the newest members of the team acquired at the trade deadline, doing a little bit of everything in this game, scoring with goalies in the net and also scoring the empty net goal in the late stages of the third period in order to ensure the win for the Stars. And the series will now head back to Dallas for game five, all thanks to all of those guys and Jake Ottinger, who surrendered five goals in game three off his worst performance of his young career. But he is now 21, one and three this season. The St. Louis Cardinals have their first three game winning streak of the season. Well, 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 three in a row. I believe they call that a winning streak, boys and girls. Hey, it's JD from Locked on Cardinals, and the Cardinals take down the Cubs again tonight, this time by the score of 6-4. to four. And who was it with the big fly in the ninth inning to take the lead? Reigning NL MVP Paul Goldschmidt? Nope. Five-time Silver Slugger Nolan Arenado? Negative. How about the guy that most of us wanted to leave for dead at AAA this year? Paul D. Young smashes a cutter up in the zone deep into the Chicago night. His third dinger of the season, the guy's hitting 350 since being called back up after the injury that he suffered in spring training. The laughing stock of Major League Baseball just this past weekend has now won three straight times for the first time this year. How quickly things can change. For the latest updates and info, be sure to keep it locked on Cardinals. And while there may be a big disparity in payroll for the two teams, the Cincinnati Reds were on the positive side of the scoreboard against the New York Mets on Tuesday. The New York Mets spent $450 million to set up their team for 2023, and the Cincinnati Reds are undefeated against that team. What's up? This is Jeff Carr from the Lockdown Reds podcast, and the Reds won 7-6 on Tuesday night against the Mets. Beautiful start for Luke Weaver. He pitched into the seventh inning, had to be pulled after giving up a home run and another uh, base runner following that, but... Great. I mean, the best start that he's had in a Reds uniform. And Alexis Diaz absolutely shut the door. Stranded two runners on base in the eighth inning and then made short work of the ninth. That's why he's elite. Plus, TJ Friedel, the Cincinnati Reds Twitter account, started the movement. Let's keep it going. TJ Friedel to the All-Star game. You heard me right. Friedel is an all-star, or he should be. Here is another story you need to know. It has been a back-and-forth playoffs in seemingly every series, the Western Conference semifinals between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets, no exception. After an exceptional performance from Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to even the series at two games apiece, the Denver Nuggets come out at home in game five. They get a 118 102 win, and now the Phoenix Suns are on the brink. Nikola Jokic, a 29, 13, and 12 triple double casual. Casual, that's just what he does at this point. Joining me now from Locked On Suns, Brendan Clean. And, and Brendan, this is uh, the kind of series where it seems like if the Suns can't get 70 combined from Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, they can't win. Was that all this game came down to? I, I would like to say it was something else. And I think that there's a, <laughs> a, a factor here of the old saying of role players performing better at home. You know, there's been an element of that in every single game now, five games through this series. But I, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that that was 
a large part of my analysis of this series heading into it. You know, the Nuggets, I've said throughout, they are the team in the NBA right now that offers their opponent the, the, the smallest margin for error. And we saw that at the beginning of both the first and third quarters. The Denver Nuggets, when they are clicking, it's basically impossible to stop them. You have to take your spots when they aren't clicking, and you have to be pretty close to perfect executing what it is that you try to do. And we saw the Suns do that in games three and four, especially from Devin Booker, just dissecting the Denver defense. He's a little less than uh, perfect in this one, and that's the difference. The ankle turn that he had probably didn't help matters. And so, yeah, you, you wonder, can those guys do it again? And can at least one of these other players step up as the series does turn back to Phoenix. Yeah. And if you're looking at this group, um, is there someone, and it seems like I'm leading you objection, leading the witness. The answer to me right now, given the current injury situation with Chris Paul hurt, it's Deandre Ayton. And that is the conversation around the Suns right now. And yet they can't get enough from him to the point that we're having conversations about a, a player that, I don't know if if the average NBA fan knows who Jock Landale is, um, but here we are, and it seems like in game four, he was a pivotal piece here. So mm-hmm. how can the Suns, whether it is Landale, whether it is Aiton, get more from someone else to yeah. get this series where it needs to go for Phoenix? Well, look, I think in games three and four, those someone else's were, uh, were TJ Warren and Landry Shamit, right? Those are the guys yeah. late in those games that were able to make corner threes that were able to uh, attack closeouts, just provide enough secondary offense to get the Suns over the hump. So I really think you're talking about more so that, you know, it was Chris Paul at times in the first round. It was Torrey Craig even who has become not a part of this rotation. So there are options. We've seen players do it um, for this team. As for the center spot, you're, you're, you're right. I, I think there's a lot of scrutiny there. Um, Aiton was benched in game three at the end. Game four, he Monty Williams had the luxury of being up late. And so it's easier to put your guy back in when you're trying to, to nurse a lead rather than, you know, fight out a close game or come back. And in this one, it didn't matter because the, the Suns didn't really have a shot. Aiton did play the fourth quarter, but who cares who was in there? It was a, a 20 point game. DeAndre Ayton, I think, was pretty awful in this second half. I I, I just think at a certain point, it just needs to be said, you know, regardless of what his number one overall pick status was, regardless of the amount of money that he's being paid or what we might think of him as being, which, as you said, is somebody who probably should be the one looked to to step up in a situation like this. I don't think anyone in Phoenix has any optimism that that's going to be the case. And uh, I think that his sort of belief uh, the belief in him around these parts I think has worn thin and this series is kind of the latest chapter in it if it's going to be anybody to step up it'll be Chris Paul returning or it'll be one of those players that I listed off stay up to date all year on the Phoenix Suns by subscribing to Locked On Sport today and Locked On Suns on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube coming up the Lakers don't have to rely on overwhelming firepower to finish off the series with the Warriors How can the Lakers finish off the series against the Warriors? Howard Beck tells David Locke in a recent Locked on NBA how L.A. can get it done. Listen, if you just asked in the abstract about Laker firepower and you you looked at the obvious places, well, Anthony Davis is up and down. Sometimes he has it and sometimes he doesn't. And it's really frustrating and strange. And it's one of the great mysteries of the modern NBA. And then you would 
look at LeBron and say, well, we know that on a lot of rest, he's got it, but you know what? It's, it is year 20. Like there is a toll and you can't expect him to go drop 35, 40 every night. Um, and so then you think, well, yeah, if they're not defending at their peak, they have issues, but listen, I, the way the NBA is right now with as much parity as there is, and you know, yes, the Warriors are a team that historically has had an incredible amount of firepower and, and still do on their best nights, but they don't have it reliably either. And I've, the way I viewed the warrior or the, um, the Laker roster since they reconstituted this team was if LeBron and Anthony Davis are just LeBron and Anthony Davis, whatever that baseline is, the potential that on a given night, and this is what we saw the other night, that a D'Angelo Russell, you might have a D'Angelo Russell game. We know he's capable of that. Um, we've seen that over years. Like he's a he's a frustrating player for other reasons, but D'Angelo Russell can bring it. He can drop 20, 25, and he gave them, you know, 21, I think it was the other night. Um, you you might have the odd uh, Rui Hachimura game, which they had in the first round, or the Austin Reeves game. It's not going to be any one of those guys, but I think on a given night, it may be a collection of them or one of them going for, for 20 to, to, to be the supplementary guy. And like that is that a formula for sustained success as you get deeper in the playoffs? Hard to say. Um, but I do think that somewhere between Hachimura, Schroeder, Reeves, uh, D'Angelo Russell, like th th somebody or some combination is going to emerge and give them just enough. And the fact is, you know, if they've got the paint locked down, um, if they're winning the battle of the boards, if they're uh, being the more physical team than, than the Warriors, then they, it, they do have the yet. When we think about the great series between LeBron James and Steph Curry, we're talking firepower. We're talking about Draymond Green and Klay Thompson in Golden State. We're talking about Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving in Cleveland. Kevin Durant for a brief time in Golden State. But in this series... It has been just as much, at least for the Lakers, about the other players in this series that Golden State can't stop. Someone like Lonnie Walker, who was spectacular in the fourth quarter of game four. And that has the Lakers with a 3-1 lead. Rui Hachimura has been huge for LA over the course of their season. Dennis Schroeder in this postseason has been huge. That was the hallmark of the Warriors during their dynastic run. Yes, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. They were the core pieces, and then you add in Kevin Durant. But they don't win the title pre-Kevin Durant without Sean Livingston, without Leandro Barbosa, without other players. Guys like Andrew Bogut, Maurice Spates, over the course of the run that they made, they don't win titles without those role players. Right now, and this is crazy to say, given where these teams started at the start of this season, the Lakers have the role players to make the difference. The Golden State Warriors don't. And finally, Nikola Jokic and Phoenix Suns owner Matt Ishbia had another exchange before Game 5 on Tuesday. Don't freak out. This time, Jokic handed a basketball to Ishbia and they shook hands. 
This was a gesture as Ishbia held the ball that went out of bounds in game four as Jokic was attempting to inbound the ball quickly. That's when tempers flared and Jokic pushed the new Suns owner, resulting in a technical foul and a $25,000 fine. Guessing Ishbia felt much better before the game than after it. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will either the Heat or the Lakers win and advance? Could we be looking at a bubble finals rematch? All of that coming up. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.